This podcast contains strong language, details of drug use, violence, recounting of traumatic events and themes which listeners may find upsetting. Hello, I'm Marcus and welcome to Eternal's Recovery Hub podcast, Life After Addiction. Thanks for tuning in. Today's podcast comes from Open Minds Rehab in Wrexham. They were kind enough to let me in and Pete was kind enough to let me record his story. It's quite, it just takes me back to kind of when I was going through the same thing. It doesn't feel like that long ago for me, especially when I speak to people that are going through it. It's really gritty and the detox is happening right now for him. And it definitely took me back to, I don't know, eight years ago when I was going through it. I kind of related a lot. I think it's really good to hear how how raw detoxes are. And for the rest of us, it kind of maybe got a year or two under our belts. It's a good reminder of where we don't want to go back to. But I hope you enjoy it. It was, it was powerful for me to hear. Hello and welcome to the Recovery Hub podcast. My name's Marcus and I'm in Open Minds um, Rehab in Wrexham with Pete. So how many days are you into your alcohol detox right now, Pete? Uh, it's day five, five, five days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we came in Sunday. Do you remember coming in Sunday? Not really, vaguely, vaguely. Yeah, I was drinking on the way here. Right, yeah. And you, you come a fair distance from the south coast, right? Yes, uh, from Southampton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you get here? My uh, missus drove me up here. Right. Yeah. And you were having a drink on the way? Yeah. Well, anyone that would come to rehab sober or clean, you wouldn't need rehab if you could do that, could you? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So what kind of a state were you in when you got here? I mean, it's not, it's only a few days ago, really, isn't it? It's, um... Yeah, I mean, obviously, obviously physically, um, we all know what alcohol does to you. I was wobbly and you know dishevelled and still am a bit dishevelled um, um, but I guess emotionally um, in, dis- in despair in despair um, I think that's probably the hardest thing about detox the, the physical side of it is uncomfortable but waking up as you wake up out of a detox the realization of what you've done to other people, you know, and I've never, I'm not a violent person. I've never been a violent person, but you know, I, I lie through my teeth and I, I, I let people down and I make, you know, make promises and manipulate, manipulate and all, all of that stuff comes back. Yeah. And, and um, in a place like this where you're not allowed your phone and there's no TV, you have to sit with your feelings and mm-hmm. that's, no escapism. No escapism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's all I ever that's all I've ever wanted is escape. Yeah. Yeah, and to change the way we feel. Change the way I feel. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you, I think you know that I was addicted for twenty five years to you know heroin and other substances. Yeah. So uh, I do know how that feels to, especially not want not wanting to be on the planet anymore either. And yeah, you know, and that kind of despair that you, that you spoke of. That's like yeah. You know how that feels now. I went through this rehab myself. Um, okay, so it's Thursday today. You came in on Sunday. What was it? What was life like a week ago? Uh, a week ago. I don't know about you, but when I came to rehab, it wasn't my absolute worst time. I'd had it worse. I just didn't have the opportunity to come. Yeah. But before you came here, were you at your absolute worst? No, I'd had worse drinking sessions. I'd had, 
I've had worse drinking sessions. But your, uh, your drinking session has been f- how, thirteen. How many years? Uh, Fifteen years on and off, right. roughly. Um, this time last week. Uh, so my my pattern last week was um, my my, girl, my my girlfriend. She had moved out, but she came to stay with me to keep an eye on me. So what I was doing was waking up before she got up at about 5.30 a.m., putting my clothes on and making this mad dash to the only 24-hour off-license in Southampton, which is about a 20-minute walk. <laughs> Dashing there to get to get my booze. Yeah. Drinking as much as I could before I got home and then stashing it before she got up. Okay. So trying to get it in your system. In trying point. to get it in my system. So by the time she woke up, I wasn't a quivering wreck and I was telling her, yeah, 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 I'm feeling better today and lying, basically. Um, and then I'm basically just looking for any opportunity to get a swig of vodka or a can of cider in me. Or So by, so we could, you'd, you had no kind of plans to come here? No. You're still hiding it, you're still the manipulative behaviour, still kind of... Things, just getting it in you secretively drinking I was still under the illusion that I might be able to wrestle control with it ah I was under the illusion that this can just be a blip um uh and then I felt and then I had a fall um so that was a little mark on your nose yeah I had a, a little cut um lots of blood lots of theatre and then my missus found all the bottles I'd been hiding and the cans that I'd been stashing. Oh, no. So she suddenly realised it was worse than, than 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 I'd been saying. And it was actually me that they decided to to book in. Mm. Um, Did she know that you'd kind of um, been addicted to alcohol for that long? Yeah, yeah. She, she thought you'd kind of come out of it and it settled down and yeah, you'd go yeah. back to kind of normal drinking, what we call normal drinking, I guess. Yeah, well... Um, like you had control. 2021 going back to 2021 um, yeah. was a series of relapses and she was extremely supportive yeah. she's in recovery herself she's I, guess, I guess it's worth just saying we're kind of towards the end of March 2022 now yeah 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 so the whole of 2021 was a bit of a nightmare really I was and she's in recovery too six years clean and sober oh right okay yeah cocaine and alcohol was her substance didn't meet in a rehab did you where do you meet uh, in, in the fellowship oh right yeah, okay. we've been together um, six years now so in AA in Right. I met her in AA. I wouldn't recommend that to everyone, um, but it, you know, we, we had we had we had four good years sober together. Yeah. Um, well, I say sober. That was that was me sort of lying. But um, okay, so, so not drinking, but what were you doing? Gambling, and- gambling, and having the odd secret drink. Oh right, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Again, that's the thing. I, I used I used to occasionally get away with the odd, the odd drink, you know, which which I thought I was being clever, you know. But you never get away with it in the long run, you know. Um, where was I? Um, but yeah, so um, when I first started relapsing in twenty twenty one, she she would help me and um, finance and detoxes for me and. Um, I just kept relapsing I just kept relapsing I couldn't I couldn't I don't you know I, I couldn't grasp I couldn't get honest I couldn't get honest I couldn't get honest with the way I felt it was back to that old behaviour of wanting and needing her to think that I was okay 
when inside I wasn't. Inside I was always scared. Inside I was always depressed. Um, Why did he need her to think you're okay? Like pride and pride. Um, I guess fear of the fact that maybe if she knew the real me, that she 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 would leave me. Or the fear of you might have to stop. The fear that I might have to stop, and also maybe a lack of acceptance over the fact that I hadn't had my last drink yet and I still I still wanted to drink yeah you know because um, I guess you get a few years in you think oh that's it I've kind of nailed that one that's like the complacency maybe comes in. yeah complacency um, especially if you're getting away with a drink it's like wow can, you know I can get away with this getting away with it in the short term yeah get, getting away in the short term but 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 holding on to lies and holding on to dishonesty is pretty painful. It's, it's exhausting, you know, especially when, you, when you're living with someone. It takes a lot of energy. Loads of energy. <laughs> yeah. Loads of energy. Um, yeah. I'm identifying with loads. Yeah. Honestly, I know we've got like a different cast and a different location, even different substances, but the same behaviours very much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 as well again I can try and articulate it best I can but sometimes and especially on this occasion I've sort of woken up pretty much the last few days I've just woken up because <laughs> I was out of it for the first few days here Yeah, and um, I can't really give you a good explanation why I picked up that drink again well I can because you're an alcoholic yeah 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 but um, so yeah that is the reason yeah that, yeah. that is the reason yeah, did that baffle you? Well, I, I think I'm I'm the sort of guy that likes to find. Actually, not for me to say you're an alcoholic. You're some, that's no, 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 no. I 100 am an alcoholic. Yeah. Um, but it can feel despairing, and that's why I picked up heroin again and again and again and again because it's a relapsing condition I suffer from. Yeah, and I'm an addict, so I pick up drugs. So, yeah, you know. I, you, if you've been around fellowship long enough, right? Um, I, I, there's an explanation, isn't there? That, um, and I, I certainly see it in my life that the further I am away from my drug, the more I realise that my drug that I never had a drug problem. Mm-hmm. I had the, I have the disease of obsession. Yeah, and it doesn't matter what it is. If I like it, I'll kick the arse out of it until it kicks the arse out of me, yep. and then I'll go and do it again. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 And, and there's no reason for it apart from I'm an addict. Yeah. And I think it's not because I can't pin it down to something. I know we're talking about you, but I came from the same place here. Mm-hmm. I had the six months there. And I thought if I could just find out why I took drugs, that reason... Well, that's like the silver bullet. I've got the answer, and then I can start. You know, I can sort it out. But my problem was, I got on drugs when I was like fourteen years old. I'm forty nine now. No, I don't look it. No, <laughs> you beat me to it. <laughs> and uh, so the reason why I got on drugs as a kid certainly don't translate into like a forty odd year old male. They're, they're not the same reasons anymore. So. It was enough to know for me that, well, you pick up drugs because you're an addict. Yeah. 
And it, after that long, for me, I didn't know how not to anymore. So I came here to find out how not to take drugs, really. Um, yeah. So for, for you, are you still trying to find out the reason why you drink alcohol? No. I want, I want to, but I know that there's no, there's no point finding, trying to find out why. It's just accepting that it's, I'm an alcoholic. It's acceptance, right? Yeah, it's acceptance that I'm an alcoholic. Right. And like I said earlier on... Because you can work with that. Yeah, Do you yeah, know, yeah. there are millions, if not billions of people walking around this planet without, and they don't know what the fuck's wrong with them. They know something's wrong. There's a disease amongst them. There's something wrong. They know there's something wrong. At least I can put a name to what's wrong with me. And I can work with that. I can work around, oh, right, okay, I'm addict. Right, I can work around that. Yeah. But I think the, the years, the years even growing up and prior to my drinking being a big problem, it was almost my training school for, for learning how to lie, learning how to be deceptive, learning how to be manipulative. And in the periods in between my relapses, I would start off full of gusto. I would go to meetings. I would um, do everything that's required, you know, and gradually as I started to feel better, I would become less and less uh, keen to go to the meetings. I would start lying about going to meetings. Um, lying to who? The missus. To the missus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but also, also to myself. Um, and just wanting everything to wanting wanting the perfect life but also being unable to accept that that perfect life can't involve my magic medicine and being too scared to admit that and trying my hardest to hide it Try my hardest to find a way whereby I can live that perfect life with my missus and, and, and you know, we've got a nice place together and whatnot and trying to find that balance. I mean, I've, I've tried, I found cannabis oil once and I did that for a bit because it changed the way I felt. I didn't smell of alcohol and I didn't wake up with a hangover, you know? You know, I've, basically, like you said, it's a disease of obsession, but you know, and I am an alcoholic, but ultimately I don't like the way I feel sober. I feel uncomfortable in my own skin. I I don't feel like I fit in. I feel full full of feel so self-absorbed. Um that get to the stage without help where I'll pick up a drink or a substance knowing full well of the consequences but just for that half an hour of it in my system where I don't give a shit where I don't care and it's that like an off switch the off switch it's the off switch and um it's it's an off switch I have yet to I've yet to fi- find um, the disease the disease of obsession so 
and you having the off switch knew in the full full and well the consequences of what was going to happen but feeling that self-consciousness and basically believing that lie right and I believe a lot of different lies (laughs) but believing that lie that on this one occasion whether whatever evening whatever situation but on that one occasion I can treat myself to four cans of lager so I can just have an hour's peace and quiet in my head and I'll put it down yeah and fuck the consequences. Fuck the consequences. Fuck the consequences. Basically, fuck the consequences. I do relate with a lot of this, you know. Yeah. Because, and only addicts and alcoholics will relate to this, but sometimes, and, and this is without help, this is without a programme, if we're trying to do this on our own, our heads will take us to, well, my head will take me to a place of such torture. I've, I always relate it in my head to like a chisel. It's just chiselling away all day, never, never let up. Like, I could be getting about my daily business, I could be talking to people, I can seem okay, but it is not stopping. It is not stopping. What's the chisel doing? Beating me up. How? Telling me I'm not good enough. Telling me she doesn't like me. Telling me... I'm faking it, someone's going to figure it out. Someone's going to find me out. Um... Like what's that? Like imposter syndrome. Impo- I mean, yeah, I mean, all of that. St- all of that stuff. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I used to get that. But you know, if I'm if I'm not also if I'm not ta- you know if I struggle to ask for help as well. So if if I if I leave if I leave it to my own devices for too long, I will inevitably reach a stage where I look at four cans of beer and I say, like you just said, fuck the consequences. Yeah, so you've got like I think we all have like a fuck it button. Sometimes the size of a smarty, sometimes the size of a bin lid, yeah. and you can't avoid hitting it. Well, it's very difficult too. And then two weeks later, you wake up in a rehab. In a rehab, two hundred miles away from home. <laughs> two hundred miles away from home. <laughs> Three hundred probably Southampton. Thinking, how the fuck did this happen? Again, 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 and that is the word again. Um. You know, so you're angry at yourself as well. Now. Massively angry oh, at myself. So angry for being here. So angry. This was at my myself. fifth rehab. I was so angry at myself for being in a rehab again. Yeah. Furious. Yeah, yeah. It's hard work. It's hard graft. In in the head. In the head. Um, and also, it's you don't want to lose the trust of the people you love. You don't want to lose them. You know, and, and by doing what we do, we're kind of doing that. Have they ever turned their back on you? No, no. Mine did. No, I didn't I'm, give them a choice. My my siblings sort of have. They 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 don't. They leave me to it now. They will answer the phone to me, but they, they used to be very proactive in helping me and going, "Oh, Pete, what can we do? What can we do?" Yeah, of course. It's because there's been so many relapses now. They're just like they've wiped wiped yeah. the. But I'm lucky they're, they're not horrible to me. Um, my missus is, is still with me, but, but she's in Al-Anon, um, which I'm very fortunate about, actually. Uh, yeah, so she's got a bit more of an understanding in, in what I suffer with because she's been through it herself. Maybe worth just saying that Al-Anon is the kind of um, fellowship version for people, um, friends or family of 
addicts or alcoholics, more alcoholics, I guess. Yes, effective, affected lovers anonymous. Yeah. Um, so she's still supporting me in a way. She did move out. She's detached with love. <laughs> so I let go with love. You hear that a lot, don't you? Let go of love. Yeah. Um, I mean, I got all my family and friends back and, well, didn't, I guess I didn't really have a lot of friends anyway, but I had a very transitory existence, moved around a lot, like country to country and all the rest of it. But, yeah, I left my family kind of no alternative. They had to turn the back on. They, they just run out. They've done everything yours have done and, and more and more and more for decades. Mm-hmm. And it was like, and then it was making their mill. So, yeah. Yeah. And I'd go, I'd go missing for like a year and a half, two years, just missing because I, I told myself at the time it was to protect them. Right? I protect them. I won't let them see how bad I actually am. Mm-hmm. They know I'm bad, but they don't know I'm this bad. Right. right. But really, I was protecting my addiction as well. Yeah. I wasn't just protecting them. I was protecting my addiction, really. Yeah. Because right? that might, if I see them, well, it might cause a little bump in my addiction. Mm-hmm. So I was protecting them. Yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah. It comes I- back. The trust comes back. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have faith in that. Um, it yeah. does. Mm-hmm. It weren't needed, but you know, they held the breath for a bit. Years, in fact. They can hold the breath for years. Okay, he's clean, he's sober. Okay, and people will hold the breath, and you'll notice they're holding their breath. Mm-hmm. But you've got to accept they can't get angry because yeah. they've been through the mill as well. So it's a healing process for the family recovery. It's not just the addict or the alcoholic. The recovers. Their family does as well, and it takes the time, and it takes them longer as well. You know, it takes them longer. So we've got to have our understanding around that. But yeah, you, you're in re- you're in detox. Yep. How are you feeling on day number four? Are you still taking the Librium? Yeah, so I'm still on the Librium. Um, although uh, the dose is at a point now where I'm able to actually sort of like communicate with people <laughs> I'm not yeah. in a completely different world no. um, you're doing really well oh thanks yeah, yeah. it's powerful yes. yeah I mean I'm pretty experienced at this so um, at what? at detoxing oh I thought you meant on the, on the podcast oh, oh no 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 um, alright so frequent flyer and detox yeah frequent flyer um, yeah I'm not proud of that um, but it kind of it builds up though the pain of having to go through it every time. It does. It builds up and it's all learning. So every every um, every bit of pain, every £10 bag of like heroin that I've smoked, every crap pipe that I've smoked, every detox that I've done, every pound that I've spent and every homeless night in a squat, it all adds up. All that pain adds up and adds up to that desperation yeah. where you're just willing to try anything. And then, yeah, you might relapse again after that, but it's like, it, it, it's not wasted. Mm. You know, if you can just keep that pain close to you when you leave it, mm. you know, close to your heart, just remember how fucking shit this is. And I'll send you this podcast so you can remember it. Yeah, 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 yeah that'd be great. Your yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be great. Um, yeah, I'll relate. I'll relate. Because um, how do you feel right now? Let's have, let's have um, a shopping list of your feelings day four of detox in a different country. Scared. Ashamed. Lost. Yeah, I've got to say, I've, I've, because, because this has happened so many times, I've, I've got to say that I feel pretty hopeless. I feel hopeless. Um... 
I want to live. I'm not that. I'm not at the point where, you know, fuck life. Like I'm. I, I there's something inside me which which knows there's something worth living for. Um, but yeah, it's really it's it's, it's yeah lo lonely as well. Lonely, lonely. Yeah, really, lo really lonely. Um, what was fear about? That's, I think that was the was that one of your first. That's one of your the first thing you said. I think fear. Yeah, I've always been an anxious person. Um, if you could dial into what the fear is about, what would it be? If you could identify the what you what the fear is of. Well, for the first few days of any detox, it's a fear of dying. Because you feel like you're going to die. You were that dependent on alcohol. Uh, did, did you shake? Did you? Oh, shakes definitely. Um, it wasn't my worst withdrawal, but even you know, even even a small withdrawal is like an unpleasant experience. You know, um, palpitations and the the sort of the, the the physical, the uncomfortable physical symptoms. Um, and I've always had health anxiety, so I've always I've always been the sort of person that will will get a headache and turn it into a brain tumour, you know, um, or I'll have a stomach ache and it will turn into bowel cancer. You know, that's just, that's yeah. just who I am. Yeah. I'm a kind of catastrophize. Um, and coming off, coming off alcohol, that anxiety just heightens. So you have to, you have to get through that, that stage of uncomfortableness. And the, the, the other fear is, um, difficult to articulate in general fear of life fear of failure fear of other people thinking I'm a failure probably is more accurate for me um, so you th you think a lot about what other people think of you yeah all my life yeah I mean I mean I can that's for as long as I can remember yeah it's not quite normal really isn't it? Yeah. yeah 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 and and that's actually as well like you know going back to like the school playground because I didn't inside feel like I fitted in that's where I learnt my skills in relation to to just working out avoidance deflection well just working out how to how people operate and oh you've got to say that so he likes you and you got to wear this and you know I, I've always at school I used to I used to walk to school with the skaters so I had a skateboard I would I would be in library with the homework club. I would play football with the footy lads after school, and I would, um, I would, I'd be playing guitar with the with the sort of the the, the, rock, the rockers. Like you know, I, I wanted to fit in with everyone, and I became this ultimate comedian. But I guess I was spreading myself thin, so no one got to know me too well. Um, but ultimately, it's left me in a position where I don't really know who I am either. Um, uh, I've gone off on a bit of a tangent there but no, um, I'm connecting because I had different friends for different things oh, so yeah. when I was going raving I had my rave buddies when I wanted to go yeah. like you know, pub crawling I had pub crawling friends um, um, yeah and younger before that cricket team friends so yeah I was very much jumping about hey do you want to go for a fag or I move my van so Mike the councillor can get out yeah yeah, yeah no worries okay yeah
sat there looking like the condemned. <laughs> no, yeah, I am, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so how long are you doing a week? Yeah, I booked in for a week um, to do a detox. Um, I I was in rehab in January. I did 28 days in a private private clinic um, and got out in February, which is another reason why I'm feeling so oh. despairing because... I got out in February and I'm back in detox in March. Um, and uh, yeah, I've done two, two three-month rehabs before and one 28-day rehab. Were they all 12-step? Uh, the three-month ones were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know the big book inside out. Um, I even, I, I, I used to work in the rehab during my sober periods, sober in quotation marks. So I've got knowledge, but I'm discovering that knowledge alone, you know, doesn't keep you sober. It's it's the journey. Someone's described it to me as the journey from the head to the heart. Um, I've heard intelligence could be a disadvantage. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, uh, I, can, I can account for that. I can account for that. Um, so... Initially a week, and I'm taking it day at a time. Yeah. I'm taking it a day at a time at the moment. Um, That's the thing, you know the lingo, don't you? You know the language, you know, I bet you're running yeah. rings around the staff and yeah. you know the counsellors, I bet you know what to say so they leave you the fuck alone. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I know the score in these, I, I can do these places with my eyes closed where I struggle. So what you're doing out there with friends, family, throughout your life, pretty much. Like, even back to the walk into, you know, cancer school. I'm not psychoanalyzing, I just re- relate, I connect. Um, even even walking to school with a skaters with, with, with a skateboard, you, that's coming here. That's what... Be- that's because what, you know what to say to the counsellors to make them not dig. I learned my skills growing up. All, all, those, all those skills to, to ensure that everyone thought that Pete was a nice guy right. Pete's a good guy you know so everyone likes me they wouldn't really get into you for just doing a a, a week no they, they wouldn't really get you wouldn't have a counsellor by now here there wouldn't be because it's purely detox right but in the other places that you've been were you kind of um, did you did you have that veneer of recovery around you and was that working to the counsellors there so they weren't really getting to inside you or you they were really opening up the first two rehabs 100% the veneer was up that was just a survival that was just survive for three learn, months yeah. learn behaviour look as good as possible get clap at the end go under the radar go under the radar yeah often the people who outwardly struggle in rehab who kick off who cry who find it really tough for the ones that that can often do quite well because it it, sh- it shows and it means that they're you know they're cracking they're being broken down and from 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 being broken down they can be built back up they get their shit out and you know, yeah they get their shit out yeah. yeah but for people like myself who can appear like they know what they're doing they sound like they know what they're doing which I'm very very good at Nothing changes in, on the inside. And I've got to ask myself, being, having been in very similar situations, what was I so scared of letting people know? I know. Because looking back at it now, like, my life's pretty much an open book. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, fuck yeah, what was I so scared of? And know, you know what you spoke about earlier? Like, 
before you broke before the break, you said um, that at school you felt different. Guess guess what? So did everybody. <laughs> yeah. Everybody felt different. It's one of the questions I ask interviews when we're making our documentaries is, what's school like? Was there a time... Did, um, did you felt like you fit in, right? And I've interviewed hundreds of people and not nobody has said, yeah, I felt like I fit in, like, yeah, like, you know, like Tetris, I was right in there. You know, I felt like a part of it. I've never met anybody that felt they 100% felt like they fitted in at school. Yeah. Well, probably most other places, really. I think as well. So what are we so, why are we so scared to open up? Like, what are people going to find out that we're human and have weaknesses? Well, yeah. On the surface, there's nothing to be worried about. But I guess for me, when I've spent so many years being slippery and, and sort of lying, shame in it. Is it's, it shame? It's, it's sort of, it's sort of like you think you know me. <laughs> you think you know me. Yeah, and if you really knew you, me, you wouldn't like me. Very you wouldn't much. like me. You wouldn't like and me. We have to be liked. And that's we, important. Exactly that. Exactly that. And that's the conundrum. Oh God, if we do it to ourselves, I mean, it's such hard work. I know, I know, I know. Um, yeah. But the last, the last place I went to, um, I, I really, really tried to drop the veneer, and it was good. It was really good. It was just, if okay, this is what happened. I, I had a really, I had a, it, the rehab was really good, and counselling was great. But I had one last lie left in me that I wasn't ready to own up. And it was, I think I might still be able to smoke cannabis. So you're hanging on to that. I was, I, the corner of that towel yeah. was, you want me to stop smoking cannabis and I will say I'm going to stop smoking cannabis. But if I was going to be deeply honest with myself, I sort of knew I was going to give cannabis one last go. And when I got home from rehab, I think I did a, a week totally abstinent and then I thought let's have a joint just before bed it's just like a sleeping tablet yeah. and that's the justification and and then it just as because we're addicts it just more and more and more and then and then um, and then I guess it was the fact that I was lying I was telling everyone I wasn't smoking weed and it was holding on to that lie which then led me to pick up a drink because of the dishonesty, you never Dis- got honest. Wasn't wasn't being honest. You never got honest. Never got honest. Yeah, never got honest. Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? Yeah. So the plan, <laughs> although I'm taking it a day at a time, the reason I'm here was I was on a downward spiral with my drinking. I was going out of control. I needed to get off it. I needed somewhere that was going to detox me, and they this place took me in. <clears throat> Once I'm off the booze, it's it's what I do for myself on the outside that matters. It's getting honest. It's not just turning up to meetings and paying lip service and saying, yeah, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. It's, no, I'm struggling today. Or, or no, I, I really want to fucking drink today. Or yeah. I really want to fucking use today. Yeah. I could never do that. I could never, I could never drop my pride. Yeah. That's, those are the areas amongst other stuff. That's the stuff that I need to do. Because for you to be able to say, I'm having a really fucking shit day, actually. 
yeah that that could save my life I know it sounds menial and do you know what I'll get over it at some point yeah yeah I'm having a shit day I'll get over it at some point yeah but, but that's because I'm not a fucking robot yeah and I am human and I have thoughts feelings and emotions yeah and and, 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 and sometimes I'm really sensitive yeah <laughs> and also because I don't like revealing myself what can happen in meetings is if you get vulnerable you can get surrounded afterwards you know in a nice way in a loving way they mean well I know they do but I hate it <laughs> I hate it with a passion they, they crowd around you they give you suggestions they say give me a call tomorrow let's go for a coffee tomorrow and it's like oh my god I know it's, it's, it's all done with love but if you, if you are you an introvert a little bit yeah. I am yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like, I have to put you know I have to put a, a front on if you like when I'm out and about and you know kind of not, not in a dishonest way just um, to get them through the day yeah. you know kind of People, you know, I think it's quite naughty worn out by people as well, though. And you've got a lot of people all wanting to help with love, yeah, all wanting to surround you in fellowship. And it's that being centre of attention. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. And I, oh, I know you. Alone, don't look yeah, at me. Exactly. And I guess that's, prob- that's probably stopped me from getting vulnerable at times because it's easier to say, I'm doing all right. It is easier, isn't it? Because then they leave you alone. Yeah, the problem with that is you start believing that yourself and yeah, and all of a sudden you're taking something to feel all right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, hear it, I hear it often that it's, a, it's not it's not cure-off, in my opinion. But it's a, talk, it's a talking cure, this addiction. Mm. And I think one of the hardest things I had to come to terms with, again, because of pride and... Oh, ego, I probably yeah, I was got ego on um, me. The hardest thing was for me to admit is it wasn't something I could fix on my own. I, oh no, I need people. Ah, oh, shit. Mm. It was like having to ask for help. Yeah. And accept that I needed help and I couldn't sort it out myself. I felt like, well, I should be able to, mm. you know, and um, and but, I've always had that, you know, kind of, yeah. Probably. You know, you know, we all we all suffer with the same illness in 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 places like this, and and in, and if you go to meetings, we all we all suffer with alcoholism, and but there are some people that love that fellowship, they they love that unity, they of go course. out for coffees all the time, yeah, yeah, it's a real they, social thing, they socialise yeah. all the time, and I I really struggle with that. I'm a bit of a uh, I would say a loner, but I'm, that's not my cup of tea. Like, you know, there are certain people I can stand their company for more than five minutes at a time. Yeah, they're rare, but they're they're less rare nowadays. So I, yeah, but I, I guess um, what I learned as well very recently is that you don't need a huge network as long as you've got one or two, mm. one or two people that you can be completely honest with. Yeah, you know, that's all you need. You don't need to be honest with a whole room of people. Um, so you collect the good ones. Yeah, I'm not kidding, right? I, do, I don't have I don't have a lot of friends, but I probably have three or four that would help me bury a body. Yeah, okay. And I and I definitely have one that would kill for me. 
Where, where's the body buried? It's the land van. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I've come here. <laughs> Nicky's, Nicky's going to give us a hand to us. Right, okay. is. That's why you got me in. Yeah. <laughs> now grab that shovel. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd, I'd, yeah, see, uh, see um, the pride gets in the way a lot, doesn't it? Especially with. I don't know why it does. I don't know why it does, but it does. It really does. Yeah. No one gives a shit. I. Everyone's too obsessed, obsessed by themselves. Yeah. 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 Everyone is sitting there thinking about yeah. themselves. I go to the gym and think, oh god, people look at me. I've got a bit of belly there, and it's like no one gives you a know, shit. And it's like, do you know what? In that gym, everyone's looking at themselves, thinking the same things. Even the fittest people in there are looking at themselves, thinking, oh god, look at that. You know, yeah. picking out the worst little parts of themselves. And I guess that like, we do that mentally with ourselves as well. Yeah. As well term isn't it you know you can, you can get 99 compliments in a day but it's only the criticism it's that one person yeah, who criticises you for the day that, that yeah. you take to bed but also if I if I am in a meeting and I hear someone get vulnerable or I hear someone say I've had a drink or I hear someone say I'm having a really bad day I have nothing but admiration for them yeah yeah yet thinking about doing that myself feels utterly petrifying and I would avoid that with a, like the plague but 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 what? Because, because some, people might try and help. Because people might try and help, <laughs> and I might get well. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it's it's an odd one. It's there's there's a lot of contradictions in the way I think. Yeah, I mean, it's a what does it say in the big book? It's cunning and baffling and powerful. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. Day four of detox. You've got another few days here. Are you going to try and extend or are you going to head back? There's talk of it. I need to work out how much benefit it's going to give me. I'm full of therapy. So full of therapy. Mm. Sometimes you just need a safe space, all right? Yeah. Sometimes it's not all about the therapy and the program and, yeah. you know, the cognitive behaviour and the counsellors and the peer support and the meetings. Sometimes it's not all about that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you know what you've got to do because you've done it. Yeah. And it's just having that safe start, that safe place to, like, get the foundations down again. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. But there's another part of me, and I completely understand that, and I'm not ruling out staying here longer at all. I'm, like I said, I'm taking it a day at a time. But there's another part of me that that wants to... go out there and, and do it. Drink. No, go oh, out there and... Sorry. Go out there and do what I need. <laughs> no, please, Bit no. of clarity around that for the benefit of the take. Go out there and right. for, the, for the first time... And live without... Well, do, do, do the suggestions my sponsor gives me. Actually do them. Not just when they're looking at me. Not, not, not just when I'm in a meeting. Right. When I close the door behind me, when I get in from a meeting. How get, are you going to do that? Get on my hands and knees. And, and do the things I have to do. How are you going to do that? How are you going to do what you're told? <laughs> I mean, it's not going to be easy. Never has been. Um, because I'm a slippery, dishonest alcoholic, but I'm. Sometimes it's just easy to do as you're told, you know. Sometimes it's just the easy, easy route. Yeah. 
And it's just... And sometimes we need to be told. Because our best thinking has landed us in our 50 billion rehab and detox and yeah. taken us away from our loved ones and alienated us and we've alienated them. And yeah. And all the consequences that go along with addiction. You know, have you been homeless yet? Uh, no. Right, so you've not, you've not spent no, a night? Not you've... that yet. Okay. I spent one night. All right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In London. I, li- I lived in London for... For a couple of years and uh, got evicted, um, so I had to find somewhere to sleep for a night. Right, where did you sleep? It was near the underground, Leighton Underground. Oh, Leighton, yeah, Leighton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know it? Yeah, I lived in Wolfenstein. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. right, okay, yeah. Um, yeah, that was a bad night. Um, there's lots of yets, though. There's lots of yets. Yeah, yeah. And you, you know, how old are you? 33? 32. 32, oh, bloody hell. Yeah. I mean, I'm in such admiration for people who can sort it out at a young age. Because, um, when did I, do you know, oh, do you know what, one of my, one of my, <laughs> one of my lowest points, not, not with drugs, but one of my lowest points was, um, I was on my last prison sentence and I was in Old Course in Liverpool prison and um, and I was on the methadone script and it's cool if everybody get the methadone on the, on the crazy wing which is furlong red call that and it's just where all the addicts come in and it's chaos nobody's even got a rizzler between them oh, it's yeah. just like kicking off all the time There's loads of desperate people coming in off the streets and um, I was queuing up, and so you have to go in, get the, get your little cuff off the off the nurse, and they put a, like, a little drop of green liquid in it. It's pathetic, and and um, they started singing "Happy Birthday" to me. The meth- methadone nurses did. Wait, did that? It's, it's in charge. Your birthday. It's my fortieth, and the only way that day was marked was by the methadone nurses in a prison singing happy birthday to me, handing me a little green cup, a little clear cup of a tiny bit of green liquid in that I necked in front of them because I had to or they'd be really ill. So that was your 40th birthday? That was my 40th birthday. Wow, that's a memorable one. Yeah, Yeah, it's special. (laughs) Special, yeah. Yeah, so I'm up for my 50th next year. And I I know, and I'll stop you saying... You don't look it. Great, there you You go. You don't look it, mate. And great teeth, by the way. Thanks. (laughs) Conference to the potter. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, hopefully next year will be... Yeah, a better one. Um, But I'm I'm in admiration. People can sort it out when they're younger. Um, So you may or may not stay on. Oh, it's a cliffhanger. This is, I might have to come back if you do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't know. What would be the reasons for not staying on? Like, I mean, a week. You you know yourself a week. I mean, I I didn't come here to do any more rehab. I didn't come here to do any more rehab. Um, just to get the alcohol. I came out. I came here to get the alcohol. I'm not dying. Was he doing it? Exactly. How bad? I say how bad alcohol. Alcohol's kind of alcoholism is bad. But how much were you drinking before you came here? Uh, it, it's difficult to quantify, but the average was eight cans of strong cider and either half or full bottle of vodka. You're right. Yeah, that was the. Daily quota. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes less. More, yeah, sometimes, sometimes more. Yeah, like you know, sometimes I had a good day and had 
little bit less, but um, yeah, towards the end it was, I needed minimum eight cans of, uh, I think it's called K-Cider, which yeah. is like 8%. What happened if you didn't have that? Well, uh, well, I had a seizure back in 2011 by stopping drinking. Yeah. That, that made a difference to my drinking as well because it, it made me really scared of stopping drinking. So once I start drinking, I get really scared of stopping mm. drinking because I don't want another seizure. Um, so I get, you know, the shakes, the sweats, the, um, you know, sometimes you get like hallucinations. Right. So your reason for coming here was just to detox so you don't die whilst you're coming with alcohol. Pretty much. Right. Pretty much. Um, uh, and whether I stay or not, I've, I've got, thing is, is once it's out of my system and I'm clear, yeah, I know what I've got to do. I know what I've got to do. By the way, are you still carrying all that shitty guilt and shame around with you? Less so. Is that still a thing? Less so. Because we spoke yesterday, didn't we? Less so. Okay. It's still there. And I, and I did share. You did say it's not my fault. Well, my counsellor here told me, I think it was a couple of days in, and I was absolutely rattled. I didn't have the benefit of a Librium kind of detox because I was an addict. Right. And I, uh, you don't get that. Do they just tape you off the method? Well, I, did, I had to do my detox somewhere else because okay. my local authority wouldn't pay for the detox here. Right. So I did did it in um, a place up the road. I won't mention your names. I, I came here um, after that. I did about 10 days there and came here right. and I took my own detox drugs into there because there's no way I know my detox. Right. I know what I need, right? And I got through it and then any detox drugs I had left, I kind of um, actually brought here and then didn't use them. And I thought, okay, I'm all right, a couple of days here, I won't need anything else, right? And it's flushed them. They were just like, um, what were they? Um, naloxone, something like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then it was my counsellor again after a few days of counselling, great for my early recovery. He, Because I was just rattled with guilt and shame and all the thoughts and feelings are coming back about, oh my God, what have I done to people? And actually, all the shit I've had done to me as well. Mm. You know, I kind of done, um, you know, just all that horribleness of life and there's violence, not by me, but having done to me and, you know, kidnapped, all sorts of stuff, you know. And, um, um, you know, you don't, you don't get Hollywood teeth like mine through living a, you know, a wholesome, happy life. Yeah. You might do if you live in Holly, Hollywood. But, uh, not right. um, and could just see that I was just burdened, you know, like crunched up in the in the in the um, back there. It's like the Buddha room in the old place, and um, that's where you have your, your one-to-ones. You could just see I was just wrapped. Mm-hmm. I can't think it was an addict as well which was a great thing about being here. Everyone's like addict or alcoholic. So present company accepted, you shouldn't be able to pull a wool over the right. No, yeah, you can't bullshit a bullshit yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And you could just see, I just weighing heavy. You think, God, it's all here. And, um, and he just got, are you carrying guilt and shame around with you? What are you doing that for? And you say, you know all those shitty things you did in addiction and all that shit that happened to you and all that shit you did, all that robbing and thieving and ripping people off and all that crap. It's not you, you know. It's your addiction. Would you do that now? No, I've got no need to now. It's not the person I am. You know, I'm not I'm an inherently honest person actually, not mm-hmm. dishonest. 
So things I had to do to get my drugs, the desperation, yeah. well, that's it. So anyway, it's not your it's not your fault you did all those things. Because if it's your fault, then it means it's my fault. I did all my shitty things, and it's not my fucking fault. I can tell you that. Mm. And that just lifted it. I'm telling you, an amazing person. And he just lifted that shit right off me. Right, yeah. he's he's got his own way about him. And he is Marmite, love him or hate him, or hate him and hate him, or love him or love him. But he's, he's got his own way about him, and he has his own style, and he did for me in minutes what an army of counsellors could never do over my lifetime. Like, an army of them. And it just cleared the wreckage to the path. Just let me get on with it. Yeah. You know, I hope, right, I can stop putting my energy into all that guilt and shame and bullshit. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, nobody cares about that. They just want me to be well and happy. Yeah. And that's what your family wants. Right? That's what your missus wants. She wants to be well and happy. And that's what you I'm sure that's what you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, don't, yeah, you yeah. don't want to be guilty and miserable because and, that holds you back anyway. Yeah. And then you might use again because you feel, oh, God, yeah, look at all that shit. I don't give us a drink. Yeah, I think um, that's, that's completely right. I, I can't lie and say I, I, right. I so hit, this is me drawing a line in the sand you know all that you know all that shit you did yeah. it's not your fault do you know why it's not your fault because if it's your fault it means it's my fault for all the shitty things <laughs> yeah. I've done and it's not my fucking fault I can, t- <laughs> I can tell you that <laughs> yeah that makes sense right. Yeah. Right, I'm lifting that right off you <laughs> hello do you need to lay the table are you finished no but do you need to lay, lay the table yeah yeah we have 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah nice one. Yeah. Oh, I've got 10 minutes. Got 10 minutes left in you, haven't you? That's what, yeah, 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 mate. Yeah, yeah. We're, kind of, we're kind of at where we're at. And um, I think it's tough for everyone this, this subject. I love these podcasts. You really get to kind of. Um, it's nice. Yours is ace. Oh, right. I just connect. I know it's a different drug. And, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. God, I did that, I did that, I did that, I did that, I did that. Yeah. You know, well, I'm, I'm quite, I'm quite, I said lucky, but I was never violent. I was never I never got in trouble with the police my my drinking was I, I was an isolator mm. so the harms I did was primarily dishonesty and uh, disappearing like you said I used yeah. to disappear and worry people shitless yeah it's a really selfish thing to do um, did you do it for the same reason as me so they couldn't see how bad you were uh, I just wanted to be left alone with my with my booze I yeah, just wanted to be protecting you. I just wanted to be left alone. Um, yeah, my happy place was if I had it was in bed, booze by the bed, YouTube on the phone until I passed out. Wake up, repeat. Wake up, repeat. Um, yeah, my life's my life's been about running away, in whether it's physically or or mentally, you know. Um, and like you said, oh, I've moved around. And there's always that illusion that the next place or the next thing or the next the next bit of money, the next girlfriend will be the the turning point, the fix, the cure. That'll fix it. And then it doesn't matter how many times those things don't fix you, you still fucking believe that that next fucking thing is yeah, gonna be the Because it's always our environment that's wrong. Yeah. It's like, oh god, this town. How, how am I meant to get clean in this town? How am I meant to sort my shit out around here? There's too many memories. Yeah. I'll get a bird, I'll sort me out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She'll sort me out. 
Yeah. Oh no, I've got a drunk girlfriend. No, my habits doubled. <laughs> All of a sudden, yeah. I'll get a clean girlfriend. Oh, now I've got to lie to her about where my money is, where my time's going, and keep disappearing. So you can't win. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't win. Yeah, I used to like. You know, he said you moved around a lot because. I moved around a lot because I had to. I kept wearing areas out. I kept, like, kept getting too hot for me, but in the police, because like, but the mere fact that I was doing illegal substances turned me into a criminal. So I criminalised just through, you know, what, through, through taking a drug. Mm. And, um, uh, you know, drugs are very expensive compared to alcohol. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. you can, you're desperate enough and go nick a bottle off the shelf. Yeah, like easy. That, yeah. yeah. Uh, you can't, you know, they, they don't really do two for one in Sainsbury's for smack. No. <laughs> Probably won't be clean if they did. No. No. <laughs> but um, I kept wearing towns out. I kept having to move on because it'd get too hot. I'd shoplifted as much as I could, or I sold as many drugs in the in the town. I was new when I started selling drugs. I got three months here before I go to prison. It's all damage limitation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like how much time am I going to get? Rather than am I going to go to prison? It's how much time am I going to do? I've heard it said a lot. Like, was it the same for you that uh, you, if you're using drugs like that and you're you're moving around a lot, is prison a sanctuary? I was very glad to be there. And I'm, I'm I've, I've heard there. people say that. Yeah. I've heard people say, I'm trying to get into prison. I never tried to get in prison, but I do remember the relief when I got there. And it's like, okay, there's been an intervention. This is a stop. That, you know the madness for the time being yeah. has stopped because it was chaos yeah you know the, yeah, yeah. And, it, and you're just worn out you walk into jail like a bag of bones and ill and mm. rattling and you know been a, just kind of a police station for a week or something you know and then you, you're not in a good place yeah 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 and then you come to prison I can remember how I, I was thinking like and then I got into prison a bit and they gave me a radio job and weirdly they put me on the radio and I was filmmaking in jail because they heard that I'd been a bit of a filmmaker before and all of a sudden I was making films in jail and I was like I didn't they in the morning I know we're off the subject but in the morning they had you flying hawks around the prison they train you up into falconry if you're wow. doing the radio you're okay. also like on the, on the yeah, 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 yeah. and if, if you had one of the hawks on your arm um, they'd let you go through any gate in the prison because they thought you're on your way to do like a therapeutic intervention with some of the prisoners somewhere like some of the vulnerable prisoners or whatever it's like um, and I was just walking around this like hawk on my arm a big leather glove and dead mice at my fingers I was just walking around the jail like it was like yeah, open the door boss and I was just going around so I was doing that in the morning and then in the afternoon no it did the morning show the the radio show and then um, go like fly the birds around because you just fly them onto the goalposts or whatever and yeah you train them and then um, do filmmaking in the afternoon I was going I'm so glad to be in prison it yeah. was so good to be back on doing film yeah, because you know, my passion keeps me clean, but it was also good to get back to NA because they had an NA meeting in there, and it felt like home. Mm-hmm. It felt this is for me. Oh my god, these cards! You know the preambles and the read. This I know all this. Mm-hmm. I've done this before. This was familiar. It was like a bit of a warm blanket. You know, I'm not. You know, I'm not staunch fellowship. You know, I've done a lot of it. Fifteen years of it, but I. I know that feeling. You know, it just felt familiar and yeah, like yeah, yeah. a relief to safe. be back. Yes, safe. Safe. Yeah, yeah, I get yeah. that. I get so that. safe's important, right? Really important. Right. Yeah. 
Do you have the option to stay for a bit or not? I think I, look, it's all up in the air. I, I've 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 only just woken up, really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, morning. I, I don't have my phone. Um, so you know, I guess over the next few days there'll be discussions. It's a real cliffhanger, isn't it? It's a bit of a cliffhanger. <laughs> um, I've got my reservations. I'm not going to lie. Um, uh, what are you going to do if you go? Well, the thing is, I'm selling my flat, so I've got all this solicitor thing going on at the moment. Um, my missus has got a house in Salisbury, so I've got places to go. I've got two meetings a day if I want it. I've got the basis for a very good recovery at home if I do it. You've got the potential for a phenomenal recovery as well, because the guy you are, you know, intelligent, you've got a lot going yeah. for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I know that. I know that. Um, it's just whether I feel like extra time here will will do me good or, or do my head in. Do you, have to, do you feel like you need to get back to work or anything? Well, luckily, as long as the sale of my flat goes through, then I don't have to worry. Are you going to give yourself a bit of time out? I'm going to have to. Yeah, because because You've got to do something, though, volunteering. Or I'm going to have to stay busy doing something, but but I can't rush myself back into a stressful job. No, 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 no. So um, you're having a bit of a get your head together and like, what the fuck? Yeah, wow. I mean, the best period of my recovery ever was living in a dry house, um, doing a meeting every day. Yeah. Um, so there's quite a bit of structure and structure, safety. Because um, we all need something to get up for. Yeah. Um, when we go back yeah I remember you saying that that's a big thing um, I've lacked purpose for a long time find it yeah yeah I need to find it yeah. stay sober help others yeah. that'll do for now yeah that'll do yeah 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 I still do that stay clean help others that's my programme boiled into down into two words well into two steps if you like yeah, stay clean, help others, and just find your way how to do that. Mm. I need to ask for that advice, but it works for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Passion. Mm. Yeah. What's your passion, Pete? Ah, because I've been drinking on and off for so long. You know, the only thing I've ever really wanted to do is drink. <laughs> but I play guitar. I write, I write music. That's always been a, a passion of mine. But I've always, I've always looked at that as a, well, that's never going to happen. That's just, a, that's a hobby. Like, you know, I'm not, who do I think I am? Like Ed Sheeran, do you know what I mean? But music, music production's always interested me. Um, helping others. Um, I know I'm good at articulating myself. Yeah. Um, but you know what? At the moment, um, my passion is to have a good evening tonight. Yeah, I'll do. Not escape here. Stay no. sober one more day. Yeah. And then tackle tomorrow. It's good enough for today, <laughs> isn't it? It has to be. For today. <laughs> it has to be. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, on your way out of town, whenever that might be, a week, two weeks, three months, whatever, come and see us in the bunker and have a look at our recording studio. That'd be great. And- Steve's yeah, from RLC2 Studios has got an amazing setup. We've got our bunker and got um, edit suites and all sorts. And all the lads are musicals, all my film crew. They're all, that's why nothing much gets done. That's amazing. <laughs> and it's amazing that you found that. Joking, lads, you're you very hard <laughs> <laughs> And uh, it's, yeah. it's helpful for me to hear. 
you know, it's helpful for, it's helpful, it, it's helpful for me to right, you, you know, the strap line, the strap line for these podcasts is um, the Recovery Hub podcasts. Life after addiction. That's a strap line. Okay. Yeah. And by eternal media. And you do also do podcasts with people who are currently struggling or getting better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, and, and, and professionals, like, you know, we've had the professionals and um we you know, like the friends of the recoverists, people who aren't in recovery or had any kind of drug or alcohol problems, but they're very supportive of us, you know, they they bang our drum. We need those people too. Mm-hmm. You know, like um Joe Marsden, one of my trustees for the for the charity for our charity. Um She's very high up in the prison service and she does a hell of a lot of good there. Yeah. She's a massive rehabilitator and she believes in us, you know, and she'll support us. And, you know, Simon Shaw, the exorcist and chief constable around here, is, you know, one of the directors of our social enterprise. He's the same. And Peter Baffin is the same. And another Joe. It's great. You know, and, um, and Jill and Abigail, they're all, you know, they're all very professional people and they, they're all massive supporters so we need those people too. 20 years ago, I bet you didn't think you'd be doing this. Simon and I may have knew, known each other in a more professional sense. Right, OK, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very much on the other side, other side of the fence, yeah. Yeah. But he's the most ethical guy I've ever met in my life and he taught me a lot. Yeah, he's very, yeah. Amazing, these amazing people who take a punt on us. Nice, you know, don't write us off. Yeah, you don't need to see a lot not to write us off. You just need to see a bit of willing and a bit of trying to do this. Well, I've, you know, and we all love an underdog, don't we? I firmly believe that people bind to people, and they obviously saw something in you. The great British public love an underdog. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Underdog story, yeah. You know, and I think our story is like absolutely phoenix from the flames, you know, just scratching something out of the ashes of our past. Yeah. We can do it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing it. So yeah. come to the bunker and have a look when you can. Oh, mate, I will. So what are you doing tonight? Dinner. I can smell it. And then I think we've got a quiz. A quiz tonight, I think. Um, Pub quiz. Yeah, we're going to the pub, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, now, I think we've got a quiz, and then usually we argue what film to watch. Oh, I thought it was just argue. Yeah, or just argue, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah and then hopefully get my head down, yeah. All right, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure. And, yeah. Um, it's a bit of a cliffhanger, like, will he, won't he? Well, <laughs> So yeah. we're going to have to do a little um, follow-up at some point, okay, like, mate. just wherever you you are. Yeah, that'd be we're, great. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where's Pete now? <laughs> yeah. up and Please months. do. That will give me a little bit of an incentive, though. Right. Yeah. Listen, thank you very much. We're shaking hands for the benefit of the tape. I'm very cold. I'm in a Cold War bunker all day. That's right. Um, but yeah, fantastic. I've really enjoyed my time. Me too. You. Thanks for letting me do this. Oh, well. I hope you've enjoyed it. No, I have, I have, I have. Why? Uh, well, it's got, it's got me out of my head. And for someone who doesn't want to talk about you, you don't like talking about yourself, you've done really well. I think this, it's been quite therapeutic. Good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. me too. I've, I've talked about stuff I haven't done for years either. And it, I, I think this is how uh, the AA Fellowship started. One one person talking to another. Yeah. That's how it started. So. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. All right. <laughs> well, 
With all that done and said, the guys are waiting to lay the table here at the um, Open Man's Rehab in Wrexham and um, let them get on with it, eh? Okay. Yes. Thanks a lot, Pete. It's Cheers, brilliant. Mate. Cheers. Thank you. If you've been affected by any of the topics in this episode, please reach out to a trusted contact or seek a professional for support. That was so good for me to hear again, just how raw Peter's interview was. You can just, it just takes me back to such a painful time and it's really good to keep the complacency at bay, really. I can also relate a lot to Peter's experience of having been through a number of rehabs. I think I did five in the end myself and just countless detoxes. And you you get to learn the lingo and you get to learn how to put people off so people don't look at you. You know, you, you, you spout the jargon, you, so you... you you kind of try and get through rehab under the radar. And it just reminded me a lot of what I tried to do, you know, kind of trying rings around the staff. And at the end of the day, you're just knackering yourself up because you're not really engaging. I think Pete has come to realise and been very open and honest about it, that that's what he's been doing as well, trying to sail under the radar. Peter, thank you so much for doing that. And from all of us at Eternal, we wish you the best with your recovery. Thank you also to Open Minds who let us come in to record today. I think you're going to like the next episode. It's a very dear friend of mine, Zoe. We've been in recovery about the same time now. I think it, when was it? 20, 2014, we both got clean. So I've known Zoe that long. We've been conventions together and we kind of bump into each other quite often along the way, along our recovery journey, really. She's an absolute force of nature and I'm just very glad she's my friend because I can't think I could handle her being my enemy. <laughs> Zoe's interview is recorded in the Haven When Detox in Wrexham. I was a bit of a frequent flyer there back in the day myself and our Caitlin just does an absolute sterling job of interviewing her. We hope you enjoy it. Please tune in for it. It's just fantastic.